Hello and welcome to another podcast episode. I'm Ray and this time I'm going to talk all about humour. Humour then and humour now. So humour then was back in the 50s, 60s, possibly 70s. And of course humour today. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is things like old films back then, uh, comedians. Someone said to me the other day, how did they get away with it back in the 60s? How did the comedians on television get away with telling jokes like that? It wasn't a case of getting away with it. That's the way it was. You know, it's no good 20 years' time, someone saying, oh, back in, uh, back in 2022, how did you get away with selling bread at that price? People wouldn't pay that sort of price now. It's, that's what it is now. It's not a case of getting away with it. So back in the 60s, when there were jokes on the TV, uh, comedians telling jokes that would now come across as racist or in some way, I don't know, some sort of phobic. <laughs> There's so many phobics, phobias. Uh, I just get confused with it all now. But back then, it, it wasn't looked upon like that. It was just a joke. It was funny. It was a joke. As I mentioned in last week's midweek message, Maureen Lipman, she's a comedian. I'm not sure whether it's comedian or comedian, male or female. won't go into that. I'll get into trouble. She was saying that we're in danger of losing humour. There's all this cancel business, you know, where people are cancelled or something, or groups of people are cancelled because of their views. She was saying a lot of comedians today, they've got to be very careful before they tell a joke. They've got to think it through. Is this going to offend anyone? And of course, the, the funny side of it is, is going Jokes were spontaneous, weren't they? You'd have a situation happening and someone would come out with a, a little joke, a quip, uh, a little quip, which was really funny at the time. But you can't do that now. Before you do anything, before you say anything, you've got to think it through. Is this going to offend anyone? Am I going to upset anyone? And as she was saying, you know, we are in grave danger of basically losing humour altogether. I must admit, if I'm with a group of friends or family even, before I come out with a little quip, I do, even I, start thinking about it. And I am really not politically correct at all. I am the definition of unpolitical correctness. Could you say that? Yeah, that'll do. I've said it now. Oh, by the way, sorry about the, the breathing business. I've still got this cold, which is hanging on and hanging on. But uh, we're nearly, oh, of course, by the time, hang on a minute. Hang on, it's New Year, isn't it? You'll be listening to this in 2022. I've only just realised. Because where are we now? It's uh, oh, it's the 29th. I've just put on the midweek message and I thought, well, I might as well get on with the uh, Sunday episode. So Happy New Year. I'll chuck that in before going any further. Where was I? Humour's a funny thing, isn't it? It's a very individual thing. I love Tommy Cooper. Other people can't stand it. I mean, for me... Tommy Cooper walks onto the stage. I'm in hysterics. He hasn't said anything. All he does is look at the audience, look around, and that's it. I find that funny. <laughs> but other people just sit there straight-faced thinking, well, what's so funny? What's he laughing at? I remember a chap I worked with many years ago. I must have been early 20s. We used to say, he was one of our crowd, but we used to say he must have had a, a humour bypass because he didn't find anything funny. He never smiled or laughed. And we used to say to each other, has anyone ever seen him laugh? Ever heard him laugh or seen him smile? No, no, never. He'd come out with us. He, he, wasn't, uh, he wasn't miserable. He wasn't depressed. He was just nothing. A bit like um, where you get, say, uh, asexual, don't you? Which is nothing. Well, he was kind of ahumoral. Can you, no, you can't say ahumoral. Ahumor. Humorous, non-humorous. He was in the middle. Ahumor. No humor at all. We'd tell jokes. You know, we're out on a Friday night. Someone would tell a joke. We'd all laugh and cheer. He just stood there, straight-faced. As I said, he wasn't miserable or depressed. He just didn't find anything funny. Which we found funny, of course. One of us would say to one of the group, we're going uh, to Brighton Friday night, going to the Bird's Nest Club. Oh, great. You know, the person would say, brilliant. Yeah, I'll be there. What time? What time are we meeting and where? Tell this chap, his name was Brian, by the way. I just remembered Brian. Brian, we're off to the Bird's Nest Club in Brighton Friday. Oh, I'll go with you. <laughs> that was it. Not, 
Oh, excellent. I'll look forward to that. No enthusiasm. Oh, I'll go with you. Where are we meeting? Oh, we're going to meet at the uh, so-and-so pub. I'll be there. <laughs> that was it. He was a strange chap. A group of us was in the pub one evening and uh, I saw a couple of girls sitting at a table. They, one of them was looking at Brian, looking over to where we were, standing at the bar. She kept looking over and when she came to get her drink, she started talking to him. He was a good-looking chap, actually. I should have added that. He was a good-looking lad and she started chatting him up. And uh, we all we just moved away a little bit to let her get on with it because uh, poor old Brian, he'd never had a girlfriend, well, as far as we knew. After, I don't know, five minutes or more, she turned, she looked at us, a puzzled face, and she frowned. And she just said, what's wrong with him? So he couldn't hear, what's wrong with him? So <laughs> we just, we, we didn't say anything. We didn't know what to say. Uh, I just sort of smiled at her and... She just took her drink back to the table where her friend was sitting and uh, sat down. And what it was, later on, she came up to the bar and I said to her, what was the problem? And she said, well, it's his problem. What is wrong with him? She said, it's like trying to talk to a brick wall. And I said, yeah, Brian is a bit like that. I said, but once you get to know him, he's fine. Well, actually, he wasn't. He was, oh, dare I say, boring. Well, he was, I mean, he was part of our crowd. He worked with us. So he just came along with us. I, I don't think we looked upon him as boring. But uh, he lost the opportunity of going out with her because she said, I rather liked him. I wouldn't have mind going out with him. But uh, that was the end of that. What a shame. I bumped into Brian, oh, 10, 15 years later after, you know, we'd all gone our own ways and got married and had kids and all this sort of thing. I was sitting on the seafront on the promenade. What I was doing there, I've no idea. But I'm sitting on the promenade, probably watching the girls go by, knowing me. And I saw Brian heading my way. He was heading towards me, head down, looking at the ground, as he always used to. He'd never look up, look around, always head down. And I called over, Brian, he looked up, he saw me, came over and sat next to me on the bench. And he just said, hello. <laughs> that was it. I said, oh, Brian, hi, how are you doing? Haven't seen you for, what, 10, 15 years. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I said, well, I'm fine. I'm fine, yeah. I said, uh, you know, married and got a son. I said, what about you? You know, what's, what's life thrown at you? Oh, I got married, he said. <laughs> and I, I was quite amazed. So Someone actually married him. Someone wanted to live with him. There must have been some sort of miracle. So I said, oh, great. Well done, Brian. You know, any, any children? Well done. No, she left me after a year. That was it. He said that she left him because this, I mean, I tried not to laugh. She said she couldn't stay with him anymore because he was depressing, a depressing character. It's not that he was depressed, but he depressed other people because of his way. You know, if someone phones you, Fred phones you, and you say, oh, hello, Fred, how are you doing? Oh, not too bad. It's raining again. My knee hurts. Oh, oh, my knee's been bad. I might have to go back to the doctor about it. It really has been bad. And after the phone call, you're thinking, oh, I really wish he hadn't phoned. People like that bring you down, don't they? You know, you might be quite jolly, quite jovial. And after a five minute phone call with someone like Fred, you're thinking, oh, oh it's all doom and gloom. We're doomed. Whereas someone else will phone you, say Sally will phone you. And you say, hi, Sally, how are you doing? Oh, I'm great. Isn't it a lovely day? The sun's out. We're well into the summertime now. Looking forward to going to the beach. All jolly and jovial. I'd like Fred, old doom and gloom Fred. And of course, after chatting to someone like that on the phone, you feel uplifted. You know what I mean? I'm sure you all know people like that, like Fred and like Sally. You all know someone like them. What was that comedian passed away the other day? Jethro, wasn't it? Cornish chap, Jethro. Never really looked at him. I've, ne I've never really watched anything of his. So I had a look on YouTube at some video clips there of Jethro. And he's brilliant. Absolutely disgustingly filthy, the jokes. Well, not all of them, some of them. But brilliant. I I've actually found myself laughing out loud. Uh, I loved it. So I'm going to find some more of his stuff on YouTube and have a look. And I mentioned this to a friend of mine. I said, to, you know, do you know this Jethro chap? I've never really watched him. I've heard of him. And oh, 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 he said awful. Oh, dreadful person. Absolutely dreadful. Doesn't make me laugh at all. Now, isn't that strange? And this chap, 
he liked Charlie Chaplin, which leaves me cold. Charlie Chaplin, with his cane, his walking stick thing, and his funny walk. I don't find that funny at all. Laurel and Hardy, that's one. I can watch Laurel and Hardy again and again. Morecambe and Wise, the Christmas show. Uh, yes, back in its day, it was brilliant. At Christmas, everyone watched the Morecambe and Wise Christmas show. That's, that was it. That was part of Christmas. But when they put it on now, it's too old hat. Laurel and Hardy, I mean, they go back to the 30s, is it? 20s? Charlie Chaplin was 20s, wasn't he? Lauren Hardy were, what, 30s, 40s? And Morecambe and Wise are only going back to, say, the 60s or 70s. But it, it's good humour, Morecambe and Wise. I like that one when they're sitting on the pier and they're looking at the sea. They're in their deck chairs. They look at the sea. There's seagulls around. And one of them says, it's nice out, isn't it? And the other one says, leave it out. I mean, <laughs> dear, I mustn't laugh because I'll start coughing. So I mustn't laugh. But that's funny. But not every single Christmas, every single year, year in, year out. Oh, Christmas, here we go. Morecambe and Wise again. It just gets too much. I think the BBC have had a lot of complaints, a lot of problems recently about repeats. I read somewhere that a third of their Christmas content on television, a third of it, is not just repeats, but repeated, repeated, repeated repeats going back way when, all the carry-on stuff. I was watching carry-on, what was it, carry-on up the jungle, there's so many of them. And that's where these, what is it, double entendres come in, or jubilee entendre, I can never say it probably, double entendre, that'll do. Where someone, oh, what was it, was it Sid James? Uh, he said, oh, where's my wife? And someone said, oh, I've gone to the hairdressers. And he said, oh, I hope she's not having it off, <laughs> having it off. That's the double entendre, isn't it? He meant, obviously, I hope she's not having all her hair cut off. And the way, yes, anyway, I don't need to explain that, do I? I hope she's not having it off. But it's all that sort of stuff. I grew up with that, and I still find that funny. I mean, Trish, my wife, she was looking at me, because she's a bit younger than me, 11 years younger, and she was frowning, and she was saying, that is really terrible, you know, it's so corny. Uh, but, I mean, she was around obviously in that time but being a bit younger I suppose she wasn't quite watching what I was watching I don't know someone will walk into a bar up to the barmaid who's rather well endowed and someone like Sid James Bernard Breslau or whoever would say hello how are you both <laughs> I'm not going to explain that because you know I just find that funny these days apparently we can't get away with that you might be thinking, well, that's a good thing. You know, I, th I think that's wrong. I think it's a good thing that we're not doing that sort of humour now because it's not funny. It's degrading to women, blah, blah, blah. Whereas on the other hand, you might be thinking, oh, that's great. I wish there was more comedy around like that now because it's funny and it's only a joke. There's no harm in it. Perfectly harmless. There we are. Wolf whistling. Have they actually made that illegal? I know I'm always on about this, aren't I? Wolf whistling, you know. You do that these days, you get arrested. I mean, is that an arrestable offence? I remember when wolf whistling was, well, it was it was the norm. A couple of girls walk past a building site. There's the lads, the bricky and the, the chap up the ladder and the scaffolding. And they whistle and they shout out things to, to the girls. And from what I remember, the girls that I knew and spoke to, you know, we were in the pub and a couple of girls would come in and, we just got a wolf whistled and they, they thought it was like a badge of honour. It was great. We got whistled at and they walked past that building site again. They deliberately go that way to get whistled and shouted at by the, the builder chaps. Now, obviously, not all girls liked that. I suppose some understandably, you know, it's not everyone's sense of humour. And uh, I do remember one girl in particular. She, dare I say this. No one ever whistled at her. No building site people ever shouted out obscenities or whatever. No, they weren't obscenities. Well, I suppose these days you'd say they were obscenities. People drive past in the works van, you know, shout things out of the window. Hello, darling. Well, I won't say what they said because I'll get arrested. But I do remember one girl, she was saying, well, I, I, I think it's awful. It's dreadful. No one ever whistles at me. I, I wouldn't like it at all if they did. Well, to be honest... And someone did actually say to her, in the nicest possible way, 
in the nicest possible words, they basically said, well, look, you are ugly. And she was. It was such a shame. It was her own fault. She, In fact, she wasn't ugly at all. Had she not had her hair all up in a, a bun on the top, all stretched up, had she worn clothes that weren't like an old granny, like an old frump, had she made a bit of an effort, she would have looked really nice because I saw her once. Uh, it was a Saturday. I was in town. No, I wasn't. I was out of town at a church. I wasn't. I wasn't in town. I wasn't out of town at a church. I was walking past a church and she was going to a wedding and she was dressed up for the wedding. And I barely recognised her. As I'm walking past, they're gathering outside the church. And she said, hi, Ray. And I looked. I thought, who's that? And she came over. She said, it's me. Hello? You know, she said, you all right? I said, oh, oh yeah, Jenny was her name, Jenny. I said, sorry, I didn't recognise you. You look lovely. And she said, oh, thank you. She really did look nice. And I said, yeah, I think I made her day. After that, she did start making an effort. Whether she got wolf whistled at or not, I don't know. But uh, I used to do it when my, you know, when I was young. I'd drive round, car window open. If I see a, a girl, I, I'd whistle. <laughs> and uh, perhaps make comments. But you can't do <laughs> you can't do that now. But I I do remember a group of us lads walking along, and a couple of girls drove past in a mini. It was one of the old sixties minis, and they're shouting out the window to us. They're whistling and shouting out of the window to us. So it was a two way thing. Oh dear! Just I, honestly, just thinking back to the humour of those days makes me laugh. I know there's going to be one or two of you listening, or perhaps lots of you listening who will be thinking, oh, that's terrible, Ray's awful, I'm not listening to his episodes anymore, his podcast is dreadful. <laughs> but there we are. Anyway, apologies if I've offended anyone. So you can't do anything now, you've got to be very careful. Oh, the sky's a bit black over the downs. Oh, hang on, I said black, sorry, apologies. I don't know, will it be a white Christmas? Oh, I've said white. All this cancel stuff, I'm not going down that road. I'm going to make myself a cup of tea or coffee or something. I'll tell you what, um, cough mixture. I heard this years ago on the telly. They were talking about cough mixture and how expensive it is and does it work. And they had some, not scientist, chemist, doctor, whoever it was on there, was saying that cough mixture, you know, expensive bottle of cough mixture, is no better than a glass of hot water with honey and lemon in it. There we are, hot water, glass of honey and lemon, and a fraction of the cost. Now, I've been having the, the honey and lemon, which is probably what I'm going to go make in a minute, actually, because it works. But we've also got a bottle of expensive cough mixture that we bought, I don't know, a couple of years ago. I think it's still in date. Yes, it is still in date when we check that. And I've, tr I've tried that, and my cough doesn't go away. I try the honey and lemon, and my cough does go away for a while. Not, not permanently, but... Uh, I think the honey and lemon in hot water is better than all these proprietary expensive brands of cough mixture. So there we are, that's that, that's moaned about that. Do you remember the old seaside postcards that used to be sold, I don't know, is, were they worldwide or was it just uh, the UK that had them? Perhaps it was just the UK that were full of smutty jokes, but they were brilliant. They got banned. I think they got banned or something. They, they were taken away, yeah. They weren't, uh, were no longer sold because apparently it offended people. I mean, again, that was only a bit of fun. I was about to say innocent fun. Is it innocent? Uh, I don't know. There's a Facebook group that I follow, which is uh, all about smutty postcards. And every day people put up uh, photos of new postcards. And some of them are, a lot of them are just boring. Some of them are verging on <laughs> disgusting but in the main, they're quite humorous. They're quite funny. They're sort of innocent. It, it, I won't say it's clean fun, but it's not dirty fun, if you know what I mean. But of course, that's all gone. You know, you'd, walk, you'd walk along the seafront. I remember as a kid walking along the seafront with my parents. Perhaps that's why, because I'd look at these postcards and I'd stop. And you'd get these, these uh, shops with ice cream, beach balls, fishing nets and all this stuff, you know. And then they'd have this rack of postcards. And basically it was perhaps large women uh, with a couple of lads commenting or whatever. I'm not going to tell you any of the actual jokes because you can look them up yourself. But uh, 
I found that quite funny, especially as a kid. I suppose that's why, or one of the reasons why they took them away. I suppose kids were going into the shops and they, they could see these postcards. They could have put them up higher though, on a higher shelf or something, get round it that way. But no, they've all gone. Everything is disappearing. I don't know what you think about the underground in London. They've banned any adverts with women in bikinis. Marks and Spencers, for example, or whoever, would have photos of women in bikinis. They're selling bikinis. The summer months are coming, so they've got these photos of the ladies in their bikinis. Well, the Mayor of London banned that lot. You can't do that now. Is that... What do you think about that? Email me, raiserants at protonmail.com. Raiserants, or one word, at protonmail.com. What do you think about that? In the old days, the car adverts were all... You get a, a sort of half-naked lady, wouldn't you, sprawled on the car bonnet, which was nothing to do with the car, perhaps selling a, a Hillman Minx or a, a Triumph Herald. And there she is sprawled on the bonnet, half-naked, which... I don't know what she's there for. I suppose, no, if, if, if she's there to drag your eye towards the car, well, that didn't work because it would drag your eye towards the lady. I don't know. But, of course, that stopped now. But the, the worrying thing is, I think this is what Maureen Lippmann was getting at. Where will this end? We will end up with no humour at all. We will end up with people not daring to say anything in mixed company or in public or even in private, uh, for fear of offending someone. If it gets to that stage, and I think it will, if that's where it's going, if it keeps on like this, it will get to that stage. I, I am well known in our family for being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, coming out with lewd comments. I, I, I do filter them a little bit, obviously if there are kids around, if the grandchildren are here, especially little ones, then I, you know, I am obviously very careful. But if it's all adults like it was Boxing Day at Christmas, then I will look for opportunities. I won't say which member it was, but one member of our family, uh, we were at a pub years ago, one summer, and she ordered a Coke and I ordered a glass of Coke because I was driving. And she got a half pint brought to her by this waiter chap and he gave me a pint of Coke. And she said, how come you've got a big one? And I thought that was it. That's an open goal, isn't it? I just said, well, I was born lucky. <laughs> of course, everyone laughed. She thought it was funny. How come you've got a big one? They know not to say that sort of thing to me because they know what will happen. I've got my honey and lemon drink now, which is helping a little bit. So what do you think of that? I was born lucky. How come you've got a big one? I mean, is that, do you find that offensive? Would you find that funny? I don't know if you were sitting there outside a pub at a table. Would you find that offensive or funny? Let me know. Do let me know. It'd be interesting. I remember one year we were all gathered around the family. Again, I'm not going to mention names. And one husband, he said, uh, oh, I've, I don't have sex anymore. He was an old chap. I don't have sex anymore. And his wife said, I do. Of course, everyone laughed. <laughs> and you know, that wasn't, I don't know, that wasn't lewd or rude in any way, was it? It was just funny. What do you think of that sort of thing? Uh, that wasn't in front of the kids. He, he wouldn't have said that in front of them. They were in the other room, I think, or, or in the garden or wherever. So yeah, we all found that quite funny, and we often remind each other of that one because it, uh, it was funny. Going back to, was it the 60s, the Monty Python sketch, um, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Do you remember that? This chap meets another chap, and he, he gets talking to him, and he says, uh, yeah, your wife, does she... Uh, does she go? Know what I mean? <laughs> and the chap says, go? Or goes on holiday? Yes. Ah, holiday, eh? eh? Could be, eh? Know what I mean? <laughs> what is it? Um, does she like photographs? And the chap says, well, possibly holiday snaps, things like that. Holiday snaps, say no more. Not as good as a wink to a blind bat, eh? Eh? Know what I mean? <laughs> Do you remember that one? I don't know. Would that go down well these days? Was that the 60s or 70s? Probably the 70s. Would that go down well these days? Would you get away with that? I do remember in the, well, in the 60s, 70s, I remember people writing letters to the local paper and complaining about a film at the local cinema. I went to see this, was it you know, something like, um, 
window cleaner. What was it? Uh, oh, what was that one called? The window, when you're cleaning windows or whatever it was, escapades of a window cleaner. And all the, the billboards outside the cinema show sort of scantily clad ladies and this, that and the other. So what these people, and it's normally old ladies, they go into the cinema, watch the film, come out, write to the local paper and complain. And people would answer in the paper and they would say, well, you know, you can see it's advertised outside. Why are you reading all the adverts about the film, looking at all the posters outside of the scantily clad ladies, going in, watching the film and then complaining? So it's, I don't know, even going back to those days, there were people that, I was going to say, that are sort of deliberately offended but I'm sure they deliberately went to see the film just so they could be offended by it. Is that happening now, do you think? Again, raise rants at protonmail.com. But I do remember, do you remember, what was it, Les Dawson? He's, I, I was never particularly into Les Dawson, but um, all his, I can't remember his jokes, but uh, I wouldn't say my wife's fat, but you know, she can't get on a bus or something like that. He was always on about his wife, wasn't he? Or his mother-in-law all the Les Dawson mother-in-law jokes. It was a, a, a different type of humour with him. I like, I do, I can't remember a lot of their names now. It's, uh, it's so long ago. The 60s, good grief, it's so long ago, isn't it? The years are just flying past. I mean, we've now done Christmas 21. Uh, we're, we're heading, well, no, we're now, when you're listening to this, we're into January 22. Good grief, where's it going to end? Ah, oh, I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know where it's going to end. I want to carry on. I have watched some of the... What are they? Are they called stand-up comedians? Where they just stand there telling jokes. I've watched some of today's and I really... I don't know. I don't find it funny at all. I just don't find it funny. Whereas going back, these are names you may or may not remember, depending on your age. Mike Yarwood. Do you remember him doing the impressions of uh, p famous people? Uh, Harold Wilson he used to do that one and various others. Uh, Freddie Starr. Was Freddie Starr the one that wore Wellington boots with left and right written on them? I think it was. Dave Allen. Do you remember the Irish chap, Dave Allen? And his jokes, they were good. As I said earlier, Tommy Cooper. I don't think there's been anything to replace them, uh, to be honest. I, I just, perhaps it's me. I, as I said, having been brought up in that era with those comedians... That's why I can't get on with the new stuff, with the latest stuff now. I think that's why, being younger, as a lot of you are, you won't remember Les Dawson, Freddie Starr, Dave Allen, Mike Yarwood, Tommy Cooper, blah, blah, blah. You don't know that lot. Uh, you've got your new lot, and that, that's all you know. So, I don't know, perhaps it's because I can make the comparison and some other people can't. I really don't know. That could well be it, actually, because I was brought up with the music of the 60s. My teenage years were the 1960s, and that was my kind of musical era, if you like. My wife's musical era was the 70s. She loves all the 70s music. You know, I remember and love the 60s music. She remembers and loves the 70s music. So it's different. You can't, I suppose you can't say really that the comedians these days are worse or better than the ones from the 60s. It's different, but the worrying difference is this censored business, this uh, political correctness, that's the worry, as uh, not just Maureen Lipman, but uh, other people are saying, I think John Cleese, several of, the, several of the older comedians, as well as some of the new ones, have said that they don't like the way it's going. I'm sometimes accused of living in the past. There's some new buildings gone up in our town over the last few years, and I, I look at them, I drive past, and good grief, they're atrocious. You look at these, they look like prisons. Stone the crows, and the prices, you know, these blocks of flats they put up, the prices are horrendous. The buildings are horrendous. I don't know what they're like inside. They're probably very nice, luxurious. But the eyesore, that they dump them. It's like they've dumped these huge blocks of flats on the seafront, and they look terrible. I don't know what's wrong with architects these days. What do they do? Where do they get their ideas from? They're on drugs or something. We were driving. Where did we go the other day? Can't remember. And there's a couple of new blocks of flats just gone up. 
where there were, I remember them, there were two lovely big houses there. And I just said to Trish, I said, look at that. Look at that monstrosity. I hadn't seen it before. It must have been, mind you, I don't get out much, as you know. But I said, what is that supposed to be? And she said, well, they're flats. I said, yeah, but do you remember the houses that were there? Lovely houses. And she does, because uh, they've only just recently gone up. Absolutely appalling. I'd, I don't know what's wrong with the local council. There must be something wrong with them. They need help. They certainly need something. I can't begin to imagine. There's another uh, prison looking. It's a round type of thing, not far from the centre of town. A round thing with a sloping roof. And there's all bars around it. It looks like a, I don't know what it looks like. It looks like a bent saucepan. It's atrocious. How that ever got planning permission, I don't Well, probably backhanders. Eh? You know what I mean? Eh? Say no more. <laughs> backhanders. Oh dear. Of course, in the good old days, it was all cash, wasn't it? Everything was cash. You know, I need a plumber. Oh yeah, a mate of mine will do that for cash. Anyone know an electrician? Yeah, yeah, my mate will do that for you. <laughs> He only takes cash. Oh, right, yeah, that's fine. They're trying to do away with cash, aren't they? Whoever they are, they're trying to do away with cash. It's all cards now, isn't it? Credit cards. And um, one of these cards where you just wave it around and it was up to a £30 limit. I think it's now a £100 limit. You just wave your card at some machine and it takes your money. Trouble is other people wave their phone or something near you and they've taken 30 quid from your card. I don't know. I quite like cash, actually. It's, it's handy, isn't it, cash? You know where you are. What was that advert? A, a card speaks louder than cash or something. No, it doesn't. Money speaks, you know, cash-type money speaks far louder than a card, especially if you're trying to give some cash to a, a dodgy builder or <laughs> electrician or plumber. Not that all builders are dodgy. Now I've offended builders. I've, oh, dear, they'll all be around here, rip my front door off. I've just done a lateral flow test. Again, because this cough and cold business isn't going away. And I'm negative. So that's good. Trish is negative as well. We're all negative. So <laughs> I don't know. It's just a, a dragging on type cold, which hopefully will disappear shortly. Stop calling me shortly. Things we used to call each other in the old days. Stone the crows. If the youngsters of today could go back in time spend a couple of weeks with me and a few other people in the 1960s. I don't know, would they be shocked or would they think, oh, at last, freedom. Talk about freedom of speech. You can say what you like to who you like. Well, you might get a punch in the face, which was fair dues. But it was just so different. Every, the telly, oh, how about the telly? Uh, what were the programmes? Jack Smith, Smithhurst, Love Thy Neighbour. Do you remember that? Love Thy Neighbour. Alf Garnet. Till death us do part and uh, all the rest of them. I mean, they were hugely, <laughs> they were hugely unpolitically correct, hugely racist, openly racist, but it was all in fun. And the racism worked both ways. And Jack uh, Smithhurst, he was the, the racist white chap, but he was always put down. You know, everyone ended up laughing at him because because of his sort of views, his racist views. It was a very clever programme, actually. It wasn't all about, um, you know, knocking people of colour. It was about Jack Smithers trying to do that and never actually getting anywhere because everyone just looked at him and laughed. But I'd, they just wouldn't get away with those programmes. So many of them, I don't know about things like Steptoe and Son. Do you remember Steptoe and Son? I don't know whether there's anything that could be looked at as dodgy a lot of the programmes were just rubbish, like uh, Crossroads. Oh, who remembers Crossroads? The acting was absolutely appalling. It was on every afternoon, I believe, at four o'clock. Crossroads Motel. It was absolutely appalling because I worked in the radio and TV workshop. So, of course, we had a load of tellies on all around the workshop on test or whatever. And Crossroads, oh dear, that music and the titles coming up. Sandy Richardson in his wheelchair. Uh, Benny, the kind of, well, I don't know what to call him. Uh, he was sandwiched short of a picnic. Uh, who else was there? There was Diane uh, Vince. I can't remember. Amy Turtle. Absolutely atrocious actor. Couldn't remember her lines. All her timing was wrong. I don't know how they put it out. I don't know why they didn't sort it out. What was that other dreadful programme that never took off? 
El Dorado. Do you remember El Dorado? I think they only put a few episodes out. It was appalling. It was about English people that had gone to live in Spain, I believe. And it just didn't work. I think, was there a chap in a wheelchair there? What do you think about this? The new programmes today, to be politically correct and have a fair balance of everything, any new, <laughs> any new programme, you've got to have white people and coloured people and you've got to have a couple of lesbians thrown in, a couple of gay chaps as well, plus a couple of heterosexual couples. So that's all balanced out nicely. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You've got to have all these different things, the, the trans people, and uh, I'm lost with it all. I'm lost with the whole thing. I really am. I saw it on one of the carry-on films. I forget what it was. Oh, the one with the guillotine, when they chop people's heads off in France hang on, carry on with your head or something, I don't know, don't lose your head. He said, I want all men and women of both sexes to queue up here. Trish and I looked at each other and we both said, that is fitting for today. That line is great today. Men and women of both sexes. I mean, do you get confused about that? I don't know. Oh, did I tell you? I, I went into the loo at the pub. This was all oh, way before Christmas. We'd booked a table and I went into the loo, had my mask and everything. And I went into the, the gents and there's a girl standing there holding her phone. I think I did tell you, didn't I? And she's tapping on her phone. And I, I sort of held the door open and she said, oh, sorry. And I looked at the door thinking I'd gone into the ladies and it said gents. And she just walked out. And I thought, you know, what's going on here? And at another time that evening where we were sitting, we could see the ladies' uh, toilet door and a couple of lads went in there. And I said to Trish, I can't cope with all this stuff. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, the management threw the lads out of the ladies. So I really don't know what was happening. It's confusing enough as it is. Well, you know how easily I'm confused. I think in future I'll nip out to the car park and uh, just utilise some bushes. I said earlier that people sometimes accuse me of living in the past. I, I don't live in the past. It's just that my memories are of certain eras, as I said, 60s, 70s, school days in particular, in the 50s. I don't, I don't live in the past. I, I love the past. I love the way it was, the way things were. I liked the TV adverts. They didn't shout at you. Well, some did, one or two did possibly. But in the main, a lot of the TV adverts were, I, I don't know, they were soft and quiet and gentle the children's programs I've said all this before I know they were sort of soft and quiet and gentle for the kids there wasn't all this shouting and explosions of course as you got into the uh, late 60s 70s you got all the uh, stingray and thunderbirds and thunderbirds are go that was good but it, it wasn't a lot of shouting they didn't shout as they do these days Maybe I do. Do you live in the past? Maybe I do live in the past. I don't know. The youngsters listening to this, when I'm dead and gone, in say, I don't know, say 50 years time, you'll be looking back and you'll be saying, oh, I remember the, the, you know, the 2020s, uh, the 20s. It, it, was, it was great. It was so different. I wonder whether you'll be doing that. You will. You'll look back and people will say, oh, you're, you're living in the past. There we are. It's a funny old life, isn't it? We've got Christmas tree lights all over the house. And they're flashing all over the house. Enough to drive you around the bend. Mind you, there's only a few days. Where do they come down? Twelfth. Is it the twelfth day? Twelfth night or something? Oh, Shakespeare. I think twelve days after Christmas they come down. These might come down about, <laughs> about five days after Christmas. <laughs> I was just thinking back to when I was 15 years old. I started at the radio and TV firm. I was an apprentice, radio and TV engineer. Can you imagine, 15 years old? And within the first week or so, I was given a nickname. I was Quackers. Now, Quackers was a puppet-type duck thing on children's television. But that was my name. Everyone called me Quackers. And <laughs> I, I wasn't offended. I mean, if you do that these days, you end up in court or get arrested. I wasn't offended. I thought it, not, it wasn't a term of endearment. It was a term of acceptance. I'd been accepted with, you know, by the lads in the workshop. I was quackers. And I remember saying to one chap, I, I asked him something, I forget what it was, and he said, who pulled your chain, toilet face? 
And I hadn't heard that before, that expression or whatever, that term. And I just laughed. I couldn't stop laughing. Who pulled your chain? A toilet face. Oh dear. Even now, sometimes I look back. Sometimes late at night, if I'm in, I'm in bed, perhaps looking on my iPad at something in the old days, and I start giggling. Do you do that? And Trish might be, Trish might be trying to go to sleep, and I start giggling, and then you snort, don't you? <laughs> oh dear, I snorted. And it's just, I just can't help it. I have to get up. I get up and go into my radio room and sort of sit there for a while because it, it's just the memories I have are of the workshop and the people are fantastic. Those days were absolutely fantastic. No one was offended. There was a, this chap, what was his name? Cliff, oh, Cliff, what was it? Cliff Johnson, it was. And we called him Steph Johnson. You know, it just stiff rhymed with cliff. So we called him a stiff Johnson. I mean, it's, it's not, you probably won't find that funny, but when I look back, I can picture him in the workshop. He was a funny chap. He, he liked buses and coaches. He collected, he had a blazer. And on the lapels were all these pictures of buses and coaches, South Down buses and all this sort of thing. <laughs> we called him stiff Johnson. I don't know, it's silly. You're looking back, a lot of it was so silly. Uh, another expression was, wind your neck in. You might say to someone, are you off out to the pub tonight? You know, who wants to know? Wind your neck in. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't malicious. You know, even who pulled your chain toilet face, that wasn't malicious. It was just, it's just the way things were. No one was offended. There were one or two records that were banned on BBC radio, but uh, mind you, the BBC banned everything anyway. But whatever was banned, uh, one of the pop records in the charts, the BBC would ban it. It instantly shot to number one because everyone rushed out to buy it. Because if the BBC had banned a particular record, it had to be a brilliant record. So people all rushed out and bought it. What's that uh, fairy tale of New York, the Pogues, where they're singing? <laughs> Kirsty McCaw, oh, she's passed away, hasn't she? That was tragic, that uh, accident. But uh, their their music... Their record, they is it the BBC again? Is it that they've changed the? No, they've banned it, because uh, what is it? You you oh, I can't remember the words. You drunk an old uh, slut or something, and she says you you're something faggot. And because it's got the word faggot, they have to change it or cut that bit out, or they banned the record. In my day, the original uh, word um, of fag or faggot was from the very very old days of private schools. You know the where all the, the rich kids went. And the, the upper people, the upper boys, would have a younger boy as a fag. And basically like a servant. That's what it was all about. It's also food, faggots. Uh, brains, fag. Do you remember brains, faggots? Are they still going? They were meatballs, I think, in a, in a tin. But now they're trying to change everything. I mean, it's got totally out of hand. Whenever anyone mentions the word faggot to me... All I think of is brains faggots. If someone says fag, I think of a cigarette. You know, anyone got a fag? Do you want a fag? They were fags. I was going to buy some fags. And now, of course, because people have brought it all to light, and, oh, look, oh, it means this and it means that. Oh, oh dear. It's in that record, in the lyrics. Oh, we better ban the record. The whole thing has just got totally out of proportion. But uh, who am I to complain? <laughs> I don't know. i tell you what we'll all have to do. All my listeners, well, we'll all have to gather in a pub one evening, all of us, all six of us. <laughs> and we'll have a few beers too many, and we'll all have a good old rant and rave and moan about the way things are and the way things were. Imagine that, all six of us meeting in a pub. <laughs> I don't know, I'm going to be laughing all day now. I, I can't uh, stop coming up with ideas. I hope I'm not offending anyone, but do you remember Black Shag? Now, Black Shag was a pipe tobacco advertised all over the place. Black Shag pipe tobacco. It's also a shag pile carpet. You, you, you buy, a, it's the very thick pile, isn't it? They call it shag pile. But recently, I, I read somewhere, oh, right, we can't use that word anymore. Oh, that's naughty. Ban that word. Do you know we're going to end up with no words at all at this rate? They've changed on your toilet system. You, you no longer have a bull cock. You have a 
a water valve or something. There are so many things that have that have been changed and are being changed. I'll have to write them all down. There's bound to be a list somewhere on online. If you just type in banned words or something like that. I mean, the word gay came from having a gay time, a happy time. You know, years and years ago, well, I was going to mention something else. I better not mention that uh, for fear of offending people. But uh, here we go. You see, even now, I'm not saying certain things for fear of offending people. No one wants to be rude to anyone. No normal person wants to deliberately offend people or deliberately be rude to people. Uh, the, the worry is also is accidentally offending someone. If you just say, you know, I could do with a fag. <laughs> and you're talking about a cigarette. If you get the wrong person hearing that, oh, did you hear what he said? He wants a fag. This is where it's all going to get silly. It'll end in tears. I'll tell you that. This will all end in tears one day. I know that quite a few people on Twitter, they don't comment or remark, they don't do any tweets, they only read other people's tweets. And the reason they don't comment or remark on anything is because they're frightened of being uh, attacked, targeted or whatever, uh, accused of things, accused of this and that. So they just read and they don't write down what they really think. And of course, if you get to the situation where people are afraid to say anything, afraid to say what they really think, then where is that going? Where is that going to lead? It's going to end up with just the few people that shout loudest and longest. They're going to be in charge. I don't know. It, it, I dread to think what the future holds. This is, as I've said many times in the past, over the years, this is where I'm quite pleased to be my age. On a lighter note, talking of fairy tale of New York, I heard that record played on Christmas Day on the radio on 1395 kHz, a pirate radio station. Yes, I knew that if I tuned around medium wave, the AM band, on Christmas Day, it was about, what, 11 o'clock? I knew I'd find a pirate radio station. There were two or three other stations that were pretty weak, but this one, really nice signal, playing some great stuff, and they didn't edit out or ban records. <laughs> totally illegal, and I loved it. It was really nice. 1395 kilohertz. I've been monitoring that frequency ever since then, on and off, and I've not heard. It was just a Christmas Day thing, but I was really pleased to have heard that. I don't know where it was from. It was a UK station. It was probably within, I don't know, within 10 miles of where I am. A bit of illegal pirating on the radio. Nothing wrong with that on Christmas Day. I think I mentioned, was it on last week's episode last Sunday's, don't make New Year's resolutions. I don't know what just brought that to mind, but I, I just thought of it, New Year's resolutions. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to give up smoking. I'm not going to drink so much. You know, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. New Year's stuff doesn't work. Don't do it. If you want to lose weight, start any old time. It's no good setting a date. I found that when I gave up smoking. You can't say right from next Monday I'm not smoking because next Monday turns up as it always does and you go an hour or two without a cigarette and then you have a cigarette you fail you've got to in my case with the cigarettes I got uh, Champix from the doctor I went around there and I said I want to give up fags oh I said fags <laughs> oh dear well the cops knocking at the door now the police helicopter over the house <laughs> come out with your hands up we know you said fags <laughs> and anyway the doctor said to me you go see the, uh, the the giving up smoking nurse and I did that and she gave me Champix and within uh, a month or so I had finished I'd finished smoking all gone never looked back best thing I ever did so it's no good trying to all this new year's resolution stuff is it a waste of time we all do it every year I do it I'm telling you not to and I do it right come January the 1st I'm going to do this and I'm not going to do that well, by halfway through the day on January the 1st, I am doing this or I am doing that. So that's a waste of time. Anyway, look, I've bored you enough. Where are we coming up to? Oh, oh look, 50 minutes. Only 10 minutes left to the hour. I, I did think when I started this, I thought I got a sore throat. I've got this cold. It'll be about half an hour. And here we are heading for an hour. Now, is there anything I need to tell you? Anything I've forgotten? I've got all my notes here. What's this say? Bill, America. What does that mean? I've no idea. Martin. I don't know what that means either. So have a happy new year. Have a great time. Um, I'm hoping to bring out some 
interesting episodes during the year because I don't suppose the episodes so far have been that interesting. I know it's difficult. I know some people, they say, oh, a brilliant episode last Sunday. I really love that. Others might say, oh, didn't like the episode last Sunday. That was a bit boring. It's very difficult trying to please all the people all the time. So I will do my best. Have a happy new year. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to nip down. It's getting dark. What's the time? Oh dear, look at that. It's nearly five o'clock. Mind you, lighter evenings now. The clocks, um, not the clocks, did. what am I saying? The clocks didn't change on the 21st of December. That's the end of March, I think. But the 21st of December was the shortest day. So now we've got the lighter evenings coming in, even though it's getting dark now at this time. What was I I don't know what I'm talking about. That was it. I'm going to go downstairs and grab a beer and I should be back in a nanosecond. I went to Blandford Forum down near Somerset Way oh, a few years ago, to Badger's Beer, uh, the brewery, Badger's Beers. Fantastic to look around that place. It was a brewery tour, you know, they show you the bottling and all the vats and all the, the bits and pieces, the hops, how it was all done. Really interesting. I do like Badger's Beer. But this one, uh, having said that, this is Old Golden Hen and it's Moorland. There are Moorland Brewery. I don't know where they are. Probably says somewhere here, but you're not interested, are you? in the more what was that do you have things in your house that beep and make noises everything bleeps beep 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 you don't know what's going on even at night i think i've told you before there's something that beeps it's one long loud beep at night not very often perhaps once a month perhaps not even once a month perhaps once every two months a very loud long beep and we've never ever discovered what it is we just can't find what it is Right, we're coming to the end now. Can anyone give me any ideas for next week's episode? I've got a load of ideas written down. What I tend to do, as I've said before, is mix ideas in together. Because I can't, if someone says, oh, we'll talk about, oh, I don't know, talk about the colour of cars in the 60s. Well, I can't talk for an hour about the colour of cars in the 60s. I like to mix it in with other things. Hairdressing is one that popped up. Do you remember, I mean, not so much the the lads, but the girls back in the 60s, 70s, the various hairstyles. Now that's interesting. I might mingle that one in with uh, uh, other stuff on one, one of the Sunday chats. I don't know hairstyles. To be honest, I can't remember. I just can't remember. I remember girls. I remember loads of girls, but I don't think I was looking at their hair. So is that naughty? It is a bit naughty, isn't it? So if you've got any ideas, email me. I'd, I'd like to sort of mull over ideas even if you think oh this is a stupid idea I'll probably think it's stupid as well and just delete the email no I won't I will always answer emails but just be good to give me some ideas to mull over as I say if I get half a dozen ideas I can chuck them all in the pot mix them up and then talk rubbish for a whole hour I just picked up my bottle of old golden hen and realized that the lid's still on the bottle so I better take that downstairs and find a bottle opener so before I do that, Happy New Year. Have a great New Year's Eve, whatever you're doing, uh, or New Year's Day, whatever it is you're doing. Stay safe. Don't do anything daft like I probably would. And I shall see you on Wednesday for the midweek message and next Sunday for the hour-long or almost an hour-long episode. Take care. Thanks for listening as always. And don't forget to email me. Bye-bye for now.